Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero. I'm the host. I'm the creator of this special place over the airwaves. I'm really glad that you're here today. We're getting close to the end of our series on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. I hope you've been following along. If not, you can always catch up. And when I say the armor of God, if you are just coming into this series, I'm talking about the armor that St. Paul writes about in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. If you are not familiar with the armor of God, please do yourself the great favor of reading about it. It's only 10 verses. So here's how we've been doing this series. And when I say we, I mean me and my listeners, because we are all together, brothers and sisters in the trenches of the fight for our souls and the kingdom of heaven. Yes, it's true. Jesus has won the war. We're not saying that he hasn't. What we are saying is that he has also told us that we will be in a battle with the world, with the devil, and with the flesh until the very last day. And for that reason, in this series, we're getting better acquainted with the armor of God, all seven pieces of the armor of God. All of these have been given to us by the Lord, and so we need to learn how to utilize them. Today, we're looking at the helmet of salvation found in Ephesians 6, verse 17. We're going to talk about what its spiritual significance is. St. Paul is going to help us out with that. We're going to look at how it protects us, spiritually speaking. St. John Chrysostom is going to help us out with that. Surprise, surprise. And we're going to look at how to put on the helmet of salvation every day. And St. Cyprian of Carthage is going to help us out with that one. So to not bury the lead, let's just jump in and say the helmet of salvation is the theological virtue of hope. That is its spiritual reality. And we know this because St. Paul tells us but not when he's talking to the Ephesians, when he's talking to the Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, we read, Put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, St. Paul is notorious for reflecting on faith, hope, and love in his letters. And so it's really clear that for him, he sees them as necessary protection for the daily Christian challenges. And we've kind of seen that already, right? Last week, we covered the shield of faith. Today, we're talking about the helmet of hope of salvation. And then next week, spoiler, we're going to talk about prayer in the spirit as love. So just a quick aside, you might be wondering, why did St. Paul attribute faith and love to the breastplate? When we were talking about the breastplate, we didn't, we didn't say that the breastplate was faith and love. We said that it was the virtues in general because that's what St. John Chrysostom had taught. Okay, there's a couple of reasons. First, as far as I'm aware, there is no definitive church teaching or a strong tradition on which one it is, if it's the virtues in general or specifically faith and love. And that's okay. We can let it be both because what's important is the message. St. Paul's message is that your spiritual armor includes the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, right? No matter how St. Paul is going to parse them out, you know, on throughout the different pieces of armor— Each of the theological virtues are going to be present and accounted for in your armor because they are imperative, okay? That's the message. That's what's important. For our purposes for this series, it's cleaner to have the breastplate be the virtues in general, the shield be faith, the helmet, hope, and prayer in the spirit be love, okay? Just wanted to put that out there because that is a question that I would have 
as a listener. Okay, so let's look at hope. What is hope? I think that the day-to-day common usage of the word hope has affected our understanding of the virtue of hope in a negative way, right? When we say hope, a lot of times we are thinking of it as a synonym to like a wish, right? I know I do that all the time. I'm like, I hope you're having a great day. I hope you like this. And it's not an incorrect way to use the word hope, but I think that it has had a negative effect on the way that we understand the virtue of hope. Because we know that that the virtue of hope, it's way, way more than a wish. Because hope is the virtue that longs for the kingdom of heaven because we know that it's going to bring us ultimate happiness. And hope trusts that God will provide us with all of the graces that we need in order to get there, in order to become saints, right? We are hoping in something that has already been promised to us, something that we know will come, right? It's not just wishful thinking. It's attainable. Hope does not disappoint. Romans 5, 5. Hope is a sure and steadfast anchor to the soul. Hebrews 6, 19. Hope is going to bring us joy in our hard times. Rejoice in your hope and be patient in tribulation. That's Romans 12, 12. Hope is expressed and it's nourished in our prayer, especially when we pray the Our Father, because the Our Father is the summary of everything that hope leads us to desire. I didn't come up with that myself. That's from the Catechism, paragraph 1820, ladies and gentlemen. So as a virtue, I think we can agree that hope is a good thing. But the question then comes, how does it protect us, right? You want your armor to be able to protect you. How is hope going to protect you, spiritually speaking? Okay, well, when you're in battle, when that battle gets tough, hope is going to keep your head in the game. You see what I just did there? Head in the game, helmet of hope. You like what I just did? Okay, even if you didn't like it, I think you can agree that it makes sense. And St. John Chrysostom will back me up because he said this. And he was actually writing about the Thessalonians uh, passage. He said, As for the helmet of hope of salvation, as the helmet guards the vital part in us surrounding the head and covering it on every side, so also this hope keeps one from faltering. For it is not possible that one who is fortified with such arms should ever fall. Now, I love the sound of that. Give me something that is going to fortify me so that I will never fall. Please and thank you. Times 10. What he is saying is that the helmet of hope of salvation will keep my mind on the kingdom of heaven, trusting in God's providence, right? It's going to be our steadfast, sure anchor. It's going to be reminding us that God does not disappoint, and it's going to bring us joy as we await the victory that is coming to us. You know, we've been doing a lot of talk about virtues throughout this series, and I didn't anticipate this, but it's been making me wonder if our next series should be on the virtues. Now, I originally was going to do something on the Holy Spirit because, you know, Pentecost. But like I said, now I'm wondering, should I do it on the virtues? I'm really torn. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to let our patrons decide if we're going to cover the virtues or something Holy Spirit related for our next series. If you don't know what patrons are, they are the monthly supporters of this show. And they get all kinds of gifts and benefits depending on their giving level. And voting privileges is one of them. You can vote too if you become a monthly donor. Now, I understand you might not want to deal with that monthly deduction from your account. I get it. You can also give your patron amount up front. So you can pay for a year in advance. So if you joined at our lowest tier, that would be $60 for the whole year. Or the next tier up would be $100 per year and so on. And I say that because some people, they'll just give me one-time donations outside of Patreon at $50 or at $100. So if you do 60 or 100, you can go through Patreon and you can get 
the perks and the benefits that go along with being a patron at that tier. And the reason patrons and donors are so important to Clumsy Theosis is because we're 100% listener supported, right? Every donation we get helps the ministry to exist and hopefully to grow and to thrive. I greatly appreciate every donation that I receive. And I'm sure every single person listening or who has listened appreciates the donations because this show would not exist without them. So you can get more details about donating at clumsytheosis.net. When you're there, click the word donate in the menu. So what is our next series going to be on? Is it going to be on virtues or something Holy Spirit related? You can cast your vote and be a part of that answer if you become a patron before next Friday. So that would be Thursday at midnight Pacific Standard Time. You have to become a patron before then and cast your vote. Okay, so back to the helmet of salvation. And we're going to talk about how we can activate it and put on the helmet of the hope of salvation every single day. Okay, I have approached this from three different angles. One is from prayer, another from like learning or knowledge, and the third is from your actions. Okay, when it comes to prayer, ask for hope. Petition the Lord for more hope every single day. It is a theological virtue, which means that it is a gift from God. Ask him for this gift. He's going to give it to you. Why would he not? Also in the realm of prayer, pray thee our Father thoughtfully and pay attention because The Catechism tells us that the Our Father is the summary of everything that we are hoping for, okay? The second angle that I'm approaching this from is from knowledge or learning. We need to know what it is that we're hoping for. So we need to learn some stuff if we don't already know it, or we need to delve deeper into what we already know, because we should know what promises God has made to his children regarding eternal life, regarding the kingdom, and regarding our place in it. You can start with the Beatitudes because they give us a lot of insight into the kingdom of heaven. Or you can go the route and start with salvation history, which we've just did a series on that. We also have a series on the Beatitudes. I'll link both of those in the show notes for you. But these are going to tell you what God has promised his children, right? And what he has promised you because you are one of his children. Also, pay attention to the private promises that God has made to you through prayer. In order to know what those are, you have to spend more time listening in prayer, Write down the promises that he's given to you and hope in those. Okay, I can feel myself starting to talk faster, and I know it's because I'm excited. You know how that tends to happen for me. All right, let me calm down for a minute. Let me take a deep breath because we still have to talk about the third approach for putting on the helmet of the hope of salvation. Not to say that you should pick one or three of these. I think you should do them all. So the third one is having to do with your actions. I think that we should act as though we are already in the kingdom of heaven right now, And that's because we actually are in the kingdom of heaven, right? These are the beginning days of the kingdom of heaven. And I think St. Cyprian of Carthage can help us out a lot with this. He has an awesome exhortation about the helmet of salvation that directs our attention to the hope of the kingdom of heaven. He says, Let us take also for protection of our head the helmet of salvation, that our ears may be guarded from hearing the deadly edicts, that our eyes may be fortified, that they may not see the odious images, that our brow may be fortified so as to keep safe the sign of God. I love that. That our mouth may be fortified, that the conquering tongue may confess Christ its Lord, and hereafter to receive from the Lord the reward of heavenly crowns. Did you see how he identified some of the body parts? I guess they're body parts, head parts. I don't know. Body parts that are protected underneath the helmet. 
And after he identified them, he directed them away from this world and towards those things that we are supposed to be hoping in, you know, towards those things that are heavenly, right? And in the end, we will receive our heavenly crowns. You know, we can use this as a daily exam, and I think that'd be really nice and really easy, you know, to ask yourself, what am I listening to? What am I watching? What am I saying in conversations or online? You know, how am I being attentive to my faith? There was a symbol of a cross that was traced on my brow at my baptism. How am I growing in relationship to the person who is symbolized by that cross, right? I think that'd be so easy and um, probably really effective. Something else I want to point out is how much I love how St. Cyprian ends his exhortation saying that we're going to be receiving the reward of heavenly crowns, right? This idea of our helmet being, you know, our helmet from battle being replaced with the crown of glory. To me, that's so beautiful. But before we fall into that mistake of thinking that this is some sort of a transaction where we earn those crowns of salvation on our own merit, you know, by making sure we're listening, watching, saying, working on our faith in all the right ways, and therefore our merit has earned these crowns of salvation. Before we before we fall into that mistake, commit these words from St. Augustine to your memory, if not because they are wise words from a saint, at least because they're actually pretty funny. He says, let not your head be swollen that it may receive the crown. If your own merits have gone before you, God says to you, examine well your merits and you will see that they are all my gifts. Basically, St. Augustine is saying, don't get a fat head. The crown is a gift, just like all of the merits that you might have used to quote unquote achieve your crown. Isn't he so cheeky? I just love it. I love St. Augustine's sass. I think he's so funny. Okay. That is everything I wanted to mention about the Helmet of Salvation, but since we've ended on such good time, I want to take a few minutes and talk about two things that I've been sent from listeners, from your fellow listeners. One was sent from David. It was regarding the Belt of Truth episode because we were talking about girding your loins. And in scripture, there is um, that's actually something that was physically done when preparing for battle, but we were talking spiritually in our episode, so I didn't mention it. So physically speaking, soldiers would actually do things to gird their loins, and there's instructions. And the Art of Manliness podcast created uh, like a comic strip illustration with instructions. It's really cute. I guess <laughs> the art of manliness is really cute, but I think it's really awesome. I've included a link to that on our website, clumsytheosis.net, and then it's going to be on the Belt of Truth post. I'll put a link down in the show notes just in case. The other thing I was sent was regarding the Gospel of Peace episode. Now, I got this before the episode and I really liked it and I wanted to include it in the episode, but there just was not time. This was sent from Susan, and it is a reflection from a book that I don't have the title of. I'll get that title, and I'll put that in the show notes. But this book was written by a Byzantine sister named Sister Vasa. And so she wrote this about the armor of God, and she actually titled this reflection The Armor of Peace because she says, I note today that while St. Paul uses military image here, he is actually making a point about peace, about the gospel of peace. He is calling me to peace with the people in my visible surroundings, reminding me that any loss of peace or disturbance I experience on account of others is in me, in my heart. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the spiritual forces of evil, Ephesians 6.12. And along with this excerpt, Susan sent me a little note telling me why she really liked this passage. 
Um, there was a little bit more, but I didn't read it all. So what Susan said was, for me, I so often would think about arming myself for battle, focusing mostly on guarding myself and warding off evils. But this changes my focus and my attention to getting beyond the battle and asking why it is I'm even trying to win in the first place, which is so I can proclaim the gospel of peace. I love that. I absolutely love that. And Susan's, her personal reflection and the way that that this um, affected her has affected me as well. Because yeah, I'm thinking, oh yeah, of course, it's beyond the battle. It's it's the purpose of the battle. It's it's about, you know, the kingdom of heaven and spreading the gospel of peace and inviting everyone to the kingdom. And yeah, so I really appreciated receiving both of these things from listeners. They are totally different, as you can tell, but I love both of them. And I would love to hear anything that you would like to say, anything you would like to pass along, for whatever reason. Um, You can send it over to clumsytheosis at gmail.com about this series, other series, other episodes, questions you have, anything. I, I really would love to hear from you. You can email me at clumsytheosis at gmail.com or message me on any of my social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. If you like this episode, if you're enjoying this series, please send this episode, send this series to your friends, post it online, um, get the word out because it does help the podcast grow. It helps the algorithms on all of the podcasting platforms and social media. Everything's an algorithm. We are slaves to the algorithm, but um, we have good news to share. So let's help other people find it as easily as possible. As always, down in the show notes, any um, scriptures, any quotes, any links, anything like that that I uh, mentioned, those are going to be down in the show notes for ease of access for you so you can continue to learn. And um, yeah, if you wanted to take notes and you just didn't have a pen, everything's right there. All right. Until next week, next week, we're covering the sort of the spirit and we're covering prayer in the spirit. And that will be the end of our series. All right. Until then, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.